0: Yak Babies, sex, presidents, and sometimes books.
1: Welcome to Yak Babies, the only podcast on the internet sponsored by Piccolos. That's not a Piccolo, that's my wife. Oh boy. You get it.
2: <laughs> oh yep. We all
1: get it. Seamless. We all a little joke. We're Seamless.
2: all in on the joke.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> and we all know what it's referring to. I'm Aaron, here at Personal pals, Brick. Good evening god hey, thank you <laughs> a, a morning boys fuck then we have new american nico good evening oh, okay we got
2: it <laughs> good evening good you're evening. not that close Good
3: evening. well you're not close we're verging, <laughs> <laughs> we're
1: verging on dusk here at yakubay's headquarters or secret yakubay's headquarters we're not even at our usual location and this week our topic is uh, literature and translation. When you read it and what happens when you do read it. I'm going on a limb here by suggesting that all four of us are primarily English speakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have zero uh fluency in other languages. I ha- I could barely get by on Spanish sometimes, but really it's pitiful for sure. And that's it. So I don't read literature in any other languages, I read in English, right? And if I reading literature from other international lit i'm reading it in translation for sure mm-hmm. and we acknowledge that there is something in the translation that is different right you're not reading the native language so there's something missing it's an experience that does affect the way you sort of consume literature nico this was your topic so uh tell us uh what is your sort of thoughts on reading literature and translation what do you think about when you, when you have to encounter literature in translation
2: i think i mean i think it's complicated yeah it's it's um it's tough to 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 really kind of Think that you're reading the full story, kind yeah. Of, exactly. If, if you're reading it in translation, yeah. So one of our grad school friends, Ian, mm. emailed us after um, mm. after the George Saunders episodes, and he he speaks Russian, and he was ta- talked a lot about his. He wrote an essay about that Saunders book, separate from from our podcast, obviously. But mm. he wrote a lot about how there is an inherent decontextualizing of mm. that of the a work in a foreign language when you translate it right and that you you by default have to start missing things right and the examples that he gave from the Saunders stories were that like there are characters in like there's a character in the darling which is kind of a common Russian story character that's that uh ghost That's yeah <laughs> <laughs> that Chekhov is uh is like playing with. and then in Master and man, the uh, the master's name is kind of a play on the word for when a dog yelps. Mm. and it also means that he's lying basically. Right. So yeah, so his point was that it's 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 odd for a for a book like that to be about close reading. Right. When you are necessary, but only use work in translation, which is necessarily, you can't get all the way close to it.
1: Right. You know? Right.
2: So, I don't know. Yeah. What do you guys think?
1: Well, it complicates the role of the translator, right? So, yeah. the person doing the translation is doing creative work themselves. They're interpreting the text and trying to make the, like, the best, in their mind, the best translation of this into English or whatever the language is, right? Right. From the right. native language. So, there is that. You're... It's like there's a game of telephone to some extent, right? Right. And you're trusting the translator to do effective work. And this is one one reason why when people talk about how, you know, one of the things that AI can do is like, you know, speed up translation or whatever, it's like you're missing the nuance of the translator's yeah. work. And it's why, you know, serious scholars, like Ian is obviously, will note those differences and can like parse an average reader. Can pick up a translation of a work in a non-native language and read it and enjoy it, probably right. And a more nuanced scholar who has more information and more knowledge can parse between different translations, probably more effectively, and sort of see what those like what we're missing. Those so it's tricky because you want like my initial (laughs) answer is like, hey, if people are getting access to non-English, non-native English speaker literature of any kind, great, right. But Ian's point about the sort of close reading in translation is well taken. That makes a lot of sense. And we hadn't even discussed that when we discussed that book. And that makes – I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's like there's also layers of that those writers are from almost 200 years ago. That they lived in a different culture. Yeah, so right. So there's there's like so much that is of the context that we just can't understand. Definitely not from just from the stories. You know, like you would have to potentially read – you know historians or translators like talk about that those aspects
1: yeah of it yeah and you're right probably some of that would also be true is also true of work published in your native language from 200 years ago right like reading american short stories published in english from the 19th century could also be difficult to parse in terms of their yeah cultural significance right yeah
2: and i mean like difficult to like you could get something out of it and I'm, I'm sure you would, but, uh, but you can't get everything that is in there. You know?
1: Yeah, and the difference, I think, would be that the words don't change. So yeah. the difference between the translations, the words would change yeah. just by the fact that they're being translated right. So if you're reading a Hawthorne, for instance, which we mentioned in the previous episode, it's the same words. And so you can do, if you're a native English speaker, you can do a different kind of digging to figure out what that word might mean. Whereas if you're not a native Russian speaker, then reading Chekhov is going to present a different challenge because you're trusting the translator to have translated accurately and right. to, to have to parse what their intentions were versus what Chekhov's were. Yeah, I can see that being a, a, a yeah. barrier for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it's it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of things to do for a translator. Yeah, like try to come up with a name that means kind of the same thing.
1: Yeah, especially when there's not a there's a similar version in a language being translated into that would refer to the same thing But yeah. there's not a word a name i can think of that would reference a dog yipping right that we would have access to in english necessarily it would be an exact correlation right. that would actually give this same feel to. yeah. yeah totally yeah, yeah. uh brick did you guys think about this when you read
3: translation is this thing you worry about i don't worry about it at all because it doesn't like there's no i'm there's no book you can read where you're going to get the exact same thing coming into you as the author put out onto the paper. Mm. It's just not possible. That said, a bad translation will make a book no good. Right. Right? I I try to be very mindful that a book is translated when I'm reading it, right? Mm-hmm. And and kind of you you start to look for that second set of fingerprints. And I think a good translator you can kind of tell the book's been translated in a way right it's it's but also you know they're not showboating and trying to take over or or whatever but instead you can tell that you know there's some passages where like this is this is pretty complicated i'm betting someone spent a long time trying to figure out how to how to get this through i really like the metamorphosis by ovid the Hmm. old uh, roman poem set I have three copies of it with three different translators, and it's fun to move between them and see how the same passage or, or verse or, or whatever you're looking at can change pretty dramatically. Right? They all say the same thing, yeah. Right? But the language used is very different. One of the ones I have is much more kind of kind of lyrical, and then um, the I think the Penguin one is very like concrete, right? right? And then the other one I have is kind of in the middle. But but I like that. I like that you're kind of seeing the process of of a story being passed down or, or shared, right? And, and you know, it's the same with, with Chekhov or whatever else, right? You you kinda have the opportunity to look into something else, mm. you know? Um and it's a little easier to kind of be reminded of that when it's front and center. It's like you can't access this, like Nico's saying, right? Whatever whatever the actual words are, they don't mean anything right. to you. And so you only have it through this through this lens right and then you're always kind of questioning is this whose whose fingerprints are here i, right. I like it yeah
1: what am i what's the dna of what i'm actually reading versus mm-hmm. the original text? yeah yeah
3: and i think you know again if, if it's done if it's done well you're kind of aware of that yeah if it's done poorly you're really aware of that right yeah. and like this is this reads sloppy right or maybe you're so if it's done poorly you just don't like the book and then you know i don't know because
1: I'm, I'm not sure I've ever been aware of that bad translation necessarily. Yeah. But also, I, this is the kind of topic that makes me feel like an ignoramus, which I am, so I should feel like that. But I just, like, I, I realize the limitations of my knowledge. Yeah. it feels bad. <laughs> yeah. To acknowledge that. But it's important to acknowledge that, too.
0: Yeah.
1: Dave, what are your thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that even... You know, and I think it's the consensus here that even with the potential flaws, the potential pitfalls, having access to books who we wouldn't otherwise have access to it makes it worthwhile, yeah, and you know i would I have no authority saying this, but I feel like the more obscure you get, the more likely you are to get a good translation because hmm. I would think that that's that's a person or a group a small group of people like trying to bring somebody. Work into our language out of more like you know some kind of a passion, yeah. Than, because cares. there's no money in that, and there's right. no you know acclaim right. in that whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, right. I mean, hopefully that they're, they're doing it out of
2: right. Yeah, yeah. Of, they're doing a better job than they would
0: Yeah, and I mean, like, mad respect to anybody who spends. You know, who you know, there are a handful of translation. Presses that have, you know, sustained themselves as businesses like uh, Deep Vellum in Dallas, for example. Open Letter. I read a lot of New York Review books. Those aren't all translation, but a very large percentage of them are. Archipelago, I think, does does good work. But like... it's hard to know where their readers are coming from because the general American public does not give a fuck about even American fiction for the most part, much less like (laughs) that's translated from other countries. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I can't name a single translator. (laughs) No, definitely not. That's a failing on my part. Sure. It also probably a consequence or or sort of outcome of like, I mostly read, I mostly read, like, American Lit. Like, I don't really yeah. love, like, international. Actual- I mean, I read some, you know, obviously. But not as where like, I would know translators' right. reputation and know which ones are good and which ones are bad. Yeah. Right? So there is the element of, like, it's a lack of knowledge and a lack of focus Yeah, on yep. my part. And,
2: and that's also, I mean, I'm sure there has to be financial pressure from publishers to just get a cheap
1: one and like who's gonna really know the difference well that's where the ai thing comes from right is that's part of the discussion is like well publishers can see the future of ai translation it's like yeah yeah i think it's already translated it sucks yeah
2: Yeah. like ai does the first draft and then the translator just comes in and cleans it up basically yeah yikes
1: yeah yeah there's that like thing where you can do on your phone if you have like an iphone i guess where it like translates it's like you can take a picture of something in the language language like translate into english whatever you can do whatever you like as you want to it's messy it never works the way you want it to when you really it's like this feels like a like crappy translation i
2: mean it's good enough when you're like reading a menu but it's sure, not right when you're trying to get the nuance of a story yeah out. yeah yeah
1: yeah i have a friend who had like a board game that was in french you only buy the french version yeah and so we had to like use the Google picture to like, figure out what the cards looked like or the yeah. they we like, we got to play the game basically. But like, that's like good enough to get by. Yeah. It wouldn't be good enough for a novel or a short story because you're missing so much of that nuance. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm with Brick where I don't, I think you had a, only a sense of surprise, shame and guilt okay. <laughs> <laughs> that I feel about just not being smarter and not having language skills. I have, I, I have very little like, foreign language skill, obviously. And so I feel embarrassed, right? But I would rather read Calvino in translation and that may be imperfect, but still have read that text and found that text to be you know, meaningful and then hope that it got close enough to the spirit of things that it, it got what Calvino was trying to express versus never reading work or translation and just like showing myself off that kind of stuff, right? But
0: certainly it brings to the sensitive soul a degree of guilt and shame. You know, the thing about that though is and I understand that. And, you know, if you'd wanted to, maybe you could have pursued it independently. But we all came up in one of the worst public <laughs> education <laughs> systems. And, sure. you know, and it's not foreign language is just not, you know, we're not pushed into it. Like right. for a lot of schools, it's an elective. For others, you know, you're meant to you have to take a year or two, but then that's it. And it's not. Whereas all around the world. It's required. Yeah. And not just, you know, English, you know, uh, in a lot of places around the country, but um, multiple languages in in many countries.
1: Yeah. 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 I uh, I have a friend who... The system sucks. Yeah. In this country, it's (laughs) terrible. I have a friend who has a real knack for languages and, like, taught himself Icelandic and all kinds of, like, languages, whatever, and did work on translation himself, too. Wow. From Turkish to English. Just a really... Just a brilliant dude across the board. Just Uh, one of those like
2: language guys
1: autodidact like really like can teach himself anything taught himself instruments and languages it's like a, a, a truly special brilliant person it but we were like me off <laughs> <laughs> i remember going to a bookstore with him one time with half price books and he was pouring through like the like the very small international section they had and pick up books and I was like yeah, I guess this is cool for you to, like, books with was in their original language, and I'm just like, over here, the fiction section to find, like, the next, you know, divic whatever. Should have taken his
3: head like a Highlander. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Consumed
3: his knowledge.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm glad that Ian wrote in and had that insight, because I wouldn't have thought... I think I... I want to say there's a section where Saunders talks about that in the book. I think, yeah, there is. It. I yeah, I think there it is. Yeah.
2: I think there is. Yeah. Uh, he just doesn't do a great job, according to Ian. Right. Basically. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Sure. Yeah. So one other thing he
2: says is like uh, in uh, Alyosha the Pot, which was written was written right before the Russian Revolution. Mm. So like looking back at that, you have to kind of contextualize it with the, the Russian Revolution. And that's like stuff that Tolstoy might not have necessarily – intended to put in, right. but you know, is it in there because of... And then you get kind of get some insight into his political leanings and whatnot. Right, But, you know, don't we don't get that in the book because you know, I think Saunders calls it Ian says Saunders calls it czarist excesses, mm. which is a little reductive. Right. right.
1: Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think Dave's point is ultimately the right thing here, which is that like we... We're fail based system. Uh, we could have learned ourselves maybe but didn't. And it's like the ugly American thing, right? Like we Yeah. Because American English is like the hegemonic language in the world, unfortunately. Uh yeah. or, you know, whatever it is. That's just like that's the system that we grew up yeah. in so
2: And like learning Icelandic, for instance. Like I went to Iceland on my honeymoon. Everybody right. speaks English. Right. You do not need to learn Icelandic. Right.
1: <laughs> And I, yeah. yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, guilt and shame right. and, and jealousy. to I said, too, like right. I envy, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. I'd love to. I wish I had better language skills. I just don't. Um, yeah. And so I might do what I can. But yeah, certainly acknowledge that there is that sort of like fuzz, or the haze yeah. in what I'm reading in translation. And I'm never going to, not ever, but unlikely to access the original language text probably. right. We do what we can. Listeners, tell us your thoughts on this. Write in, like Ian did, and share your thoughts at Yakpabuspodcast at gmail.com and tell us what you listen or read to read in translation rather and your thoughts on this uh, interesting industry topic. You can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash where we have our bonus podcast. There's all kinds of fun happening there. Games, bro-to-book conversations, uh, separate podcasts about jokes and snack foods and all kinds of stuff there. Worth a dollar a month for sure. I can guarantee that. And then we have our bonus, or our merch rather, sorry, tinyyearold.com slash yakbabies. We have t-shirts and posters designed by Brick, all very fun, very cool. And we'll elicit a chuckle from your friends, I guarantee that too. Until then, Yakbabies, yakking off.
3: The Yakbabies would like to thank all the loyal listeners, and especially their patrons, both past and present, including Michael, Bonnie, Sebastian, David, Roger, Kathleen, Bailey, Andrew, Gilbert, and William Howard Taft. Thank mm-hmm.